Hey, it's Alex Miller here with On Stage Colorado. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Today, we're checking in with Lakewood's Benchmark Theater, which, for my money, is one of the most exciting small theaters in Colorado. Helmed by friends Rachel Rogers and Haley Johnson, Benchmark has only been around since 2016, but they've mounted some very impressive shows in that time, working under the motto, Keep the Conversation Going. In addition to their regular season programming, Benchmark also does its Fever Dream Festival every October. It's a four-day event with readings of plays in the genres of sci-fi, horror, and fantasy. The third Fever Dream Festival kicks off October 24th and runs through the 27th. And here to tell us all about it in the theater overall is Benchmark producer and co-founder Rachel Rogers. Here's the interview. Okay, we're here with Rachel Rogers with Benchmark Theater, and uh, we wanted to talk to you, Rachel, about the upcoming Fever Dream Festival. And so I got to say, I haven't been to my shame, so I need to, I need to know everything. So if you can tell me a little bit about uh, kind of when it starts and uh, what uh, what's you know what's the kind of the driving philosophy behind the festival? Absolutely. So this year's Fever Dream Festival runs uh, Thursday through Sunday, uh, October twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. We have five sessions plus an additional um, development session, which is really exciting on Sunday morning with the local playwright, Ellen K. Graham. And Fever Dream Festival began with our very first year. Um, it's a science fiction, horror, and fantasy genre and all the kind of genres in between themed new plays, new works, and it's a stage reading uh, festival. And we decided to do it because really, honestly, there's first of all, nothing like it here in the, in the state of Colorado. And we love these genres and we really want to be able to see them performed on stage more. And so giving audiences a chance to experience them was something that Haley and I really wanted to bring to our community. These genres are often a way for us to explore our mission in a different but better way. Um, Our mission is to keep the conversation going. And when we're telling stories, things with these types of genres tend to help facilitate more difficult topics because they have a little bit of a divide. They don't feel so immediate to other people. And so when you're talking about something sort of as an allegory or in respect to an alien, you're much more willing to be open to that idea than maybe if it was something that felt like it was next door. Um, and so that's a big part of why we did Fever Dream Festival. Plus, it's a lot of fun. Um, right. It's really exciting trying to figure out how you do these things on stage, especially certain you know horror and science fiction effects. And it's really challenging. And we think we should see more of it on stage in live theater. And it brings a whole different group of people to to see live theater that may not normally come because they think it's you know Shakespeare all the time or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, can you tell what level of of, of staging is there? that accompanies the readings? It depends on the session. Um, Every session has more than one piece. And so usually it's a short and then a more full length or a couple of shorts and a couple of one acts. So it really depends on our directors and how much they decide that they want to put. Some may just be mostly standing at the music stands with the books in hand. Some may actually be moving um, all over the place. You know, it's it's just really dependent on the director and the piece. And that's kind of the exciting thing for us is to see how it's been chosen to go along, how many decide to use more sound cues versus using the stage direction reader to describe what's going on, um, which is another part that's really fun about the festival. 
Okay. And so just kind of a practical question, like where do you get the people that are uh, doing the actual reading? Um, a lot are, well, they're all members of our theatrical community here in town. It's an interesting thing. You know, we tend to, honestly, a lot of it is actors that we really have wanted to work with, but just haven't fit perfectly into the right role in our season for the show. Okay. So we tend to reach out to them and say, hey, we, we really loved your audition for this. And while that didn't work out, we would love to have you come do Fever Dream with us. So that that's a big part of it. Is It's, it's um, from other auditions, we, we kind of reach out and say, hey, are you interested in having some crazy fun? <laughs> and, and usually they say yes if they can. <laughs> All right. Um, and do you have the, the kind of the lineup? Do you want to talk through some of the shows that are going to be uh, part oh, of the festival? Sure. So this year's festival is very dystopian heavy. Um, last year was very uh, artificial intelligence heavy. And it really does depend year to year what kind of submissions we get. It kind of indicates what's going on a lot in the world at, at the time as well. So we have a couple of horror pieces. Um, our first session, session one, um, which is our Thursday session, actually opens and it's got a science fiction, which is actually artificial intelligence. Um, and then it has a space-themed short piece. And then the final, the larger um, one act that evening is, it's a little bit different. It's its kind of hard to explain. Um, you kind of have to come see it to experience it. It almost feels like interactive theater. Um, okay. Set kind of in the future. So, um, and then after that, we've got another Several pieces, again, some are set in space, some are set in the future. We've got one that deals with GMO-grown um, food supply that takes on a mind of its own and basically takes over the world and the planet and how we <laughs> deal with that. And we also have um, our Saturday night session. Is It tends to be our anchor session. We have, I think it's a total of... Uh, five plays all together, and those are all very different. And this tends to be our more staged, so there are going to be a lot more movement and things like that. And it's got everything from horror to uh, kind of comedy horror <laughs> to um, kind of a murder mystery. So, okay. so we actually have 14 different playwrights this year out of over, I think we got over 400 submissions this year wow. that we, Jeffrey Newman is an incredible curator for the festival. He is the one that takes the first pass at everything and um, takes a look, and then we have a massive pool of readers that consists of benchmark theater company members and past Fever Dream performers and artists. And so we kind of spread those out. We have a, an adjudication system, and then it slowly but surely gets pared down until we finally make our, our selections for the weekend. So, so yeah, so that night there are five different playwrights um, for the uh, session number four, which is our, our Saturday session. We actually have a returning playwright from last year, Robin Pond, which is really cool. Great. Yeah. And so um, people can buy like a, a, a festival pass or individual tickets or, or either or? Either or. Mm -hmm. um, it's entirely up to the, the person that wants to come see it. We do individual sessions. They're $10 to come. You can buy that online or you can buy it at the door day of. Or if you really want to come, you're a big fan and you want to come see it all, you can get a full festival pass for all five sessions. And that is $40. And you get a special, special prize, special gift if you actually attend every single one. And then our Sunday morning development session that I mentioned earlier 
with Ellen K. Graham, who's a local playwright. This will be the first time that this has ever been read out loud. It's different. It's It's got a different cast than the rest of the festival, but it's going to be really exciting. It's at 10 o'clock in the morning. We're calling it our, our monstrous morning. It's Loki's monstrous children. And that is completely free and open to the public because we really want people to be able to come in and experience it and, and give Ellen some feedback and, and discuss this brand new play that they've heard, which is super exciting. So great. Well, the festival sounds like an, an awful lot of fun and, and certainly very affordable way for people to yes. come out and get to see some theater that's not, it's not often done, uh, you know, in the sci-fi uh, genre. So, um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, just kind of shifting gears uh, for people who may not be as familiar with Benchmark. Is this Benchmark is is does a lot of different things uh, beyond this, and <laughs> yes. that this isn't necessarily reflective of the rest of your year. Right? Um, no, it's not. It, it, it it's funny because it kind of is and it isn't because our very first show that we ever did that we premiered with was The Nether, which is a science fiction dystopian play. And so once we did that, then we did Fever Dream immediately following it. Everybody thought that Benchmark right. was, oh, well, you're a sci-fi company or, or something. And, and you did 1984 and this year, and we too, did, right? And we do. We do tend yeah. to do at least one because, again, we really believe in... Uh, the fact that these types of shows are a way to get conversations going and get you thinking and discussing things that are really important um, about our community and or about topics that are coming up. And so we did 1984 this year. Last year, we did a play called Uncanny Valley that also dealt with um, not just artificial intelligence, but the idea of consciousness. And as we continue to develop, whether or not if you're capable of sort of uploading your consciousness into a manufactured body, what the the repercussions of that would be in living forever. Um, next year, we actually have two pieces that will be like that um, for our 2020 season because we're doing a show called The Phlebotomist, which deals with um, a future in which blood testing and your genetic markers and all of that affects your status in the world and what kind of job you can get. But we're also really excited that we're doing The Burning of Kenneth Carrion, which was in our very first Fever Dream Festival, and it's our very first play that we're actually producing fully. It's a world premiere out of the Fever Dream Festival. Oh, that's great. Um, but that's a thriller, mm-hmm. um, as opposed it's more of a horror thriller. But the rest of our plays are are all over, all over the place. I mean, our next play coming up after this is Perfumery, and it's a it's a holiday romantic comedy, and it's actually our first romantic comedy that we've ever done. Um, and so, and then right after that is Airness, which is about air guitar competitions. Oh wow! Yes, awesome. so we, we do <laughs> here at Benchmark. You know, again, it's we always ask why are we telling the story? Why does the story need to be told? And that's really the the litmus test for how we select the shows that we select. Okay. So are those all the shows uh, that are coming up in your next season? Did you name all of them? I think no. So there is um, Cry It Out coming up in 2020. That one deals with motherhood and new motherhood and the difficulties of being a new mother and of the decisions about going back to work or not to go back to work and the pressures that society put on you to to sort of be the everything um, and all of that. And then our final show of 2020 is called Grand Concourse. And that one deals with a soup kitchen and all of the, the kind of goings on and a crisis of faith that the nun who runs the soup kitchen goes through. Um, oh, wow. That's, yes. That's interesting. Yes. 
Great. Well, it sounds like a, another great season for uh, Benchmark. And, and while, while we're here, um, I just wanted to ask a little bit. So you've been in this space for a couple of years now. You took mm-hmm. over from the edge. Yes. Um, and I have to say, you guys have been hitting home runs. I mean, everything oh. I've come well, to see here has been fantastic. And, and I think you've been getting a lot of great response. And um, But I, want, I was just wondering, uh, you and Haley, like, how did you guys come together and, and, and create this? This, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this um, you know, it's... It happened really organically, actually. We did a show together in 2020 and became really good friends. And Wait, you did a show? I mean, not in 2020, sorry. <laughs> in 2012. You can tell that we were, we just started tech this morning and my brain is all over the place. <laughs> okay. In 2012, we did a play together and became really good friends. And we worked on one other play where I assistant directed and she was in it. But otherwise, we really weren't getting to, to work together much. And we just kind of started talking about wanting to do a project together and we're deciding do we want to try to create something you know original out of the two of us do we want to produce something independently and as the conversation kept going it just grew into wanting to actually create our own production company because we really have the same ideals about why we're doing theater what we want to accomplish um, how we want to contribute to our theater community here in the, the greater Denver metro area and the kind of stories that should be told. And we both have a similar aesthetic. And we just found that, you know, we kind of share a brain in a lot of ways. And so it really was kismet for us to, to, to get together. And originally we thought we were starting small. We were going to do three shows in Fever Dream a year or two shows in Fever Dream a year. And we were nomadic. And then... About halfway through our first year is when Rick and Patty from The Edge approached us about possibly taking over the space here in Lakewood, and we just decided, why not? Let's just dive in. <laughs> we may have we may have been a little naive, but I think that you know it's it's been really exciting and been a great journey, and we've we felt really welcomed here, um, both in our our community as a theater company, but here in Lakewood and at Forty West as well, which has been really fabulous. So uh, running a theater uh, is not an easy task. uh, (laughs) What are some of the things that have surprised you that uh, you didn't uh, anticipate? Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know, I think it's it's interesting because both Haley and I have full-time day jobs as well. And so when you're an independent contractor artist, you you kind of pick and choose when you're going to work and you know that, oh, I need a break. I'm just not going to audition or I'm just not going to accept this directing position. When you're running a theater, it never stops. Right. Even when you think that, okay, we've got built in this month that the theater is dark, it, there's still all of the back end things to do. And I think that that's, that's the biggest thing is just the, it's a learning curve and you never stop learning and you're always trying to grow and do it better, whatever it is, whether it's patron services and how you interact and what you need to do for your audience. And that's part of your family and welcoming them in or how to improve conditions for your artists and make sure that they feel safe. And, you know, we've got a lot going on where we have a code of conduct that we developed at the very beginning, but, you know, we're continually trying to keep an eye on things as we learn more about intimacy directors. You know, when we did 1984, there was intimacy and how we, how we integrate that. I think a big thing that we learn is how to deal, especially with our space, with our technical uh, limitations. Right. Um, we're always creatively overcoming that. You know, our our location was not built to be a theater. <laughs> it like just, many theaters. Like many, many theaters. <laughs> you know, this is a warehouse. And so it's always the fun game of figuring out what's plugged into what breaker 
Um, and what's going to trip, you know, our dishwasher and our bar is on the same breaker as one of our dimmer packs. And it's, <laughs> it's learning all of that and that balance that that's probably been one of the craziest things for us, you know, right. to come in and be like, okay, well, it's, it's what's, what's going to happen this time? What's going to be the new ghost in the system for this show? <laughs> now, are you guys, in, do you guys have to worry about the facility itself or is somebody else that the, own, the building owner deal with that or we well we share this building with 40 west um arts gallery right and so for the most part if it's structural then that's the if it's you know like the roof or something like that that's the the owner but if it's something like the plumbing or electricity or anything like that that is us and and 40 west and we we get together and we figure out okay who's going to call we we take <laughs> care of all of it i mean you know it's i don't know if you've ever seen oh, oh gosh what is it called um um slings and arrows i don't know if you've ever seen slings and arrows it's yeah. it's this fat you should you should definitely watch it if okay. you've never seen it but one of the opening scenes is you see the artistic director of the small theater company with a plunger in his hand dealing with the, the toilet. And that's definitely us. You know, right. I'm the one right before, you know, we open in um, the lobby before a show cleaning the toilets and making sure that everything is, is spick and span and ready to go. And I think that that's what it is, is top to bottom. We do everything right everything and so. you uh you both direct shows as well right? um i do Haley does not Haley okay. Haley is an axe in the shows sometimes and i direct some of the shows um as well but you know we both produce every single play regardless of whatever artistic area one of us are doing um you know Haley did costume designs for our first show this year and i've done i did costume and sound design for our last show i do a lot of the sound design for us as well right so it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, we're, we're always reading all plays, you know, it never stops. <laughs> so um, did you come out of uh, uh, acting academics uh, that you go to school for? I did. I got my, um, I have my Bachelor of Arts in Theater. Uh-huh. So I went to the University of Southern Mississippi um, in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Really? Um, yes. And I was a generalist. So I was not an acting um, emphasis. I really was a generalist, which is great because it has really, really helped <laughs> running a theater company. Right. And I've also been very fortunate that in my day job, um, I work, you know, for a corporation and there's a lot of corporate governance and that kind of side of things. So I was able to be able to, to transfer that to being the, I'm also the executive director of the nonprofit, which is, you know, it's different. We have a, a nonprofit that Benchmark's actually a DBA of. And so I was very fortunate to have a lot of that information, but there's still a lot of learning and research and okay how do i do this you know i did our taxes this year you oh, know you. so it's all that fun stuff <laughs> so you're from are you from mississippi or? i am not i okay. i am but i was a legacy student my grandparents and my mother went there okay so so are you uh colorado native? kentucky kentucky, kentucky. Okay. i've i've been all over the place okay. um i actually got to colorado via creed repertory theater Okay. So I great, was great. I was down there for a couple of seasons. I stage managed and assistant directed down there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And did you and Haley meet in Colorado? We did. We did. Mm-hmm. We actually met at Miner's Alley. Okay. Uh, doing doing a show at Miner's Alley. That's Wonderful. How, how we met. Yeah. All right. Um, well, great. Well, Rachel, thanks so much for walking walking me through the uh, sort of the. the Inner workings of the Benchmark <laughs> Theater. Yes, and, anytime. <laughs> yeah, and the, the upcoming Fever Dream Festival. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, uh, the people can get tickets for it on your website, which is www.benchmarktheater. It's R E, not E R, dot com. Um, and you can also hash, uh, slash FDF, but you can get there from, from the, the landing page. And costumes are definitely encouraged and welcomed. Okay. If anybody wants to dress up, we love it. 
All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks to Rachel for taking the time out of the busy prep work being done for the festival to talk with me about it. There's a buttload of theater going on all around Colorado right now, and you can find info about all of it on the onstagecolorado.com website, Colorado's only statewide live theater calendar. Please subscribe to our weekly newsletter, tell your friends about us, and also subscribe to the podcast. Whether you listen on Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever, you can listen to the Onstage Colorado podcast wherever you get your pods. In next week's episode, we're talking with Susan Lyles, the driving force behind Entoto 2, a Denver theater company that focuses on plays written by women. In November, Entoto 2 is presenting Charlie's Waiting by New York playwright Melissa Annis, who I also got to interview for the pod. It's a very cool conversation, not just about the play, but about the craft of playwriting in general. So I encourage you to check it out next week. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the theater. Music